Today is the day. It's March Madness. Round one. Ten Big 12 teams. Well, eight, seven. Seven Big 12 teams will play this week. And it's going to be crazy. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor. Your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is March. Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Robbie Triano from SiriusXM Big 12. If your name is Don Watson, you've heard of him. Others, maybe you have as well. Welcome to Locked On Baylor, and thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Robbie, Rob Dog, I hear you have the flu. I do. Yeah, I have the flu. I hear you have the flu. My condolences and all of our listeners go out to you. Um, that's Dr. Seuss-esque. The, the Big 12 did not get eight teams in the into the you know, big tournament dance thing that they do. They did get 70% of the league in there, though, which is good. By the way, as you see in Big Ten teams, they, fans, they want you to know that the Big 12 did not get near as many teams in as the Big Ten. They want you to know that because um, math. But math, you know, math is difficult if one conference has more. Also, I love how we say 70% of that got in. It's like that is the easiest math in the world. We don't have to do fractions or anything. It's just 7 out of 10. Boom, 70 yeah, which is what it is. I let's start here very quickly. I want to get your thoughts. That, so it's kind of the, to open the show today and, and going all the way through it. It'll be which Big Twelve team is set up best to make a Final Four and a run. I think to me, Kansas, despite them winning it last year, has a really good opportunity. They, in my in my, I have five future picks on who will win the national championship. Kansas is one of them. I want to get your thoughts on Baylor, the placement, all the Big Twelve, and all that. But first, let's talk about it. Oklahoma State not making the NCAA tournament. Were you surprised by this? Um, because it made me very sad. Uh, not at all. Uh, when you look at their resume, if they maybe won a game that mattered, they probably should have been in. You think of their strength of schedule outside of the Big 12, 192nd in the entire country. Yeah. That's really bad. And then they went 8-4, and four, and every single important game that they were supposed to have they lost. Okay, let's go to Big 12 play. They had eight Big 12 wins. That's really, really good. You know, you talk about that should be enough to get you in. They didn't beat Baylor. They didn't beat Kansas. They didn't beat, they didn't beat Kansas State. And they didn't beat Texas once. Uh, their best resume win is a win over TCU or Iowa State, which are number six seeds in the tournament. And just not a good basketball team to end the season. I believe they went two and six to end the year. Injuries plagued them, but I have no qualms with them being left out of the tournament. And people will be like, oh, but what about Nevada or Pitt or all of them? No, like you should have just won the games that mattered. And we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. Legitimately, if Oklahoma State won one more game, one more yeah. Big 12 game or one game against a team that actually mattered or not cough off, not like cough up any like close games, Oklahoma State would be in. So any Oklahoma State fans, if they're listening here, uh, you have no excuses, no complaints. The worst part is they're playing in the NIT, the number one seed, and they have to play on the road because their school didn't care enough about the NIT and would rather have their staff working a wrestling match, wrestling championship, than to help yeah. run the NIT. Pretty impressive, by the way. They're a great wrestling school. They the pedigree is really there, good. And it's that's like it's their sport is wrestling at Oklahoma State. So I guess I understand it to that degree. Uh, Robbie for for Baylor, a team that did make it in out of the, as a three seed, which reasonable. Lenardi had Baylor at a two dramatically late in the game, which I thought was very interesting, especially their multiple losses to Iowa State, kind of a skid down the stretch. Um, now they get in as a three. Tell me. 
Before we get into the rest of the Big 12, focusing on Baylor, tell me that Baylor does not have the easiest path of any Big 12 team, and I will tell you you're wrong. Where do you sit? Uh, Baylor has the easiest easiest path. I think they are in by far the easiest region. Uh, I mean, if you look compared to Kansas's region, like theirs is insane because in there they could potentially face UCLA, Gonzaga, TCU, UConn, St. Mary's, Arkansas, or Matt Meyer, who's currently guzzling a bunch of monster energy drinks right now. As so we you speak. have that in the country as we speak. And he's built the tolerance now that he's gotten this like caffeine poisoning. Now he's he's ready and he can take on 10 and be completely fine with it. So good for Matt Meyer there. But Baylor does have the easiest road to make it to an elite eight and make it, you know, to a final fourth. I mean, obviously you have Alabama in that region, but here's the thing. I do not have Baylor making it past the first weekend. And if you know me and the last time I've been on the show, I thought Baylor was going to win the big 12. And I was just wrong because yeah. I believe so much in the offense and so much that they could use Jonathan Chamochatra to just be duct tape over all of their defensive woes. And that was just dumb of me because I put way too much on one person and didn't I just overlooked all of their flaws. And that game in the Big 12 tournament, I understand Scott Drew has not won that thing, but that game was so damn disappointing. Because you have one of the best performances I've seen in the entire Big 12 with Jalen Bridges. But they get out-rebounded by more than double. I thought Flo Thamba was the worst basketball player on the court by a lot. I've really hated watching him play basketball this year. So much that I just like am open about it. I hate watching Flo Thamba play. Yeah. And I see Dale Bonner play, and I'm like, you're good defensively, but offensively, I don't know what you do. And if you have a player like Adam Flagler, LJ Cry, or even Keontae George, who's kind of been skidding a little bit, not give good performances, like you can't win. And to me, Baylor's not a team that can make the final four, in my opinion, not win a national title. And if they legitimately make it to an elite eight, I think that is a success of a year for Baylor um, or just a huge success story. I'm actually pretty down on Baylor right now, which is funny because I'm on a Baylor podcast. Right. Well, uh, oddly enough, Robbie, we have been down on Baylor this season as well. At least we've been realistic. Um, I, I don't know if there's another piece of Baylor media that I've consumed in the last few months. that's just been really bluntly transparent that Flo Thamba is is not very good at basketball right now compared to the guys he's going up against, at least. And that Baylor as a whole, the defense is terrible outside of the top 100 in Ken Palm and defense outside the top 100, a team outside the top 22 has not won a national championship in 20 years. Baylor's outside the top 100. So this is just, these are just numbers that don't really, you know, these don't lie. Yeah. Oh yeah. You Robbie, what's up, man. Okay. So I, I brought up this point and like, I used to coach intramural basketball. I used to coach middle school basketball. That was you? I know the game of basketball really well. So yeah. I was the head coach of our fraternity basketball team. I played as well, but like, I what was, was the, the team's guy who name? told our, our fraternity team. But yeah, we what was the like team called? Up. Oh, that we was it. called Sig Up. Like Real Sig creative, up huh? A. Yeah. I mean, like, what are we? I don't know. All right. Uh, so I, I played, but I also told everyone who got to go on the court. So I think I have some bit of credibility of how to coach the game of basketball. And I'm not criticizing Scott Drew. I just have an idea if he's listening to Locked on Baylor the day of March Madness beginning. I don't understand why they haven't experimented with a lineup that has, let's say, Adam 
Flagler, Keontae Georgia, LJ Cryer, Jalen Bridges, and then just legitimately Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamachachua. Like you are getting beat that much rebounding wise. I can trust JTT if he is on a three or a two, like a, a three or two guard. Everyday John, and, by the way, say JTT, yes. this whole fan base will just annihilate. Oh, sorry. That's like with Adrian Peterson. If you call, if you don't call him AD, everyone's like, how dare you do that? Um, instead, yeah. if you call him AP. But like he is someone that can step back and shoot as well if you want to pick and pop. And if you need someone to score inside, like why not just like crowd the paint? Because I know Flo Tomba can't do it. I just am confused why they haven't tried both of them on the floor at the same time. Because in my mind, Jonathan Chamachachua, everyday John, can be a stretch four and can do things if you need another offensive rebounder or someone who can just give a little bit more of a defensive presence, and you get to still keep Jalen Bridges on the floor, which is one of their best defenders. I Just a thought. Just a thought, everyone. So you don't, you don't see Baylor getting out of the first weekend. Is Creighton the reason why? Is that the matchup you think is the true nightmare for this team? It's not even nightmare. Um, I do have them losing to Creighton, but like against a team with just a average defense and above-average offense, I think that is a huge issue for Baylor. Like you saw against Iowa State, that game like is burned into my eyes Mm -hmm. because it's like the last two games against Iowa State, just because that is a really good defense. And I thought Mm -hmm. we've all known Baylor to be a really good offense. I thought they looked average to below average at some points during that game, especially when they weren't feeding Jalen Bridges the ball. I don't think they knew what to do. Like they didn't know how to create. I don't trust Adam Flagler to create stuff for himself like Keontae George can. And if Keontae George isn't doing it, yeah, that I don't really trust the offense when it when it comes to a really good defense like that. So at their best, Baylor is really damn good. But I cannot trust them to win six games uh, just doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. Robbie, I'm, I am going to push back a little bit, oddly enough, <gasps> on this whole on this whole <gasps> Iowa State thing. We're going to create some Shannon Sharp. You want to be Shannon Sharp? Or do you want me to skip Bayless? You pick. Uh, you pick. Your show. Oh, uh, you get to be Skip Bayless. Sucks for you. I'm Shannon Sharp. I'm going to bring a reasonable argument for Baylor and the Iowa State, this whole issue we've had pretty recently. But first, I'm going to bring FanDuel to everybody that's sitting at home. FanDuel is the place to go. It's fans dueling it out. Like, you can duel, shing, against other fans or the comrades in the picks that you make at FanDuel.com. It's the number one sports betting book in America. It's the number one sports book. There's there's the no sweat first bet as well. You like you don't even have to sweat. You make your first bet and you do not sweat because when you make it and if it loses, you get a thousand dollars back in bonus play if you put a thousand dollars on it. So it's like you know like a one for one ratio here. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel sportsbook app. I got a buddy of mine who drives every day. Every day from Missouri to Illinois to bet on FanDuel because he's like that and he loves locked on Baylor. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. There's NBA bets, there's NCAA bets, there's XFL bets. I love the XFL. Go DC defenders, money line, point scorers, threes drave, parlays, same game parlays. Go to FanDuel.com while you're eating your built bar. Do your no sweat first bet at FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. It's got all the stuff explained there. Download the app, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of me. Me. It's my official sports book, FanDuel. Robbie, Texas, the Longhorns, they won the Big 12 tournament, and I don't give a rat's ass. 
Because that means they had to play extra basketball. They had to stay at extra hotels, be away from their practice facility, away from all their good, fancy stuff down in Austin. Those Baylor Bears, albeit ugly, Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamochachua combined for zero rebounds. I had as many. You and I combined for as many rebounds as Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamochachua against Iowa State. But Baylor got extra days of rest. They got to be home, and they got a three seed in the easiest region of this bracket. Tell me that this Baylor Iowa, as ugly as it was, tell me we can throw this out the window because Scott Drew just simply doesn't care about conference tournaments and never has. And again, because of those reasons, probably never should. They are pointless. Uh, highly disagree. I okay. I thought one the Big Twelve tournament was pretty ugly basketball all the way around. I thought that Baylor game was one of the better ones. And I think as a Baylor fan, you probably hated that experience. The TCU Texas game was good, but like blowouts across the board. So I can understand yep. to a certain point that maybe like teams were like, you know, what? we need a break. We need to just like we got to just focus on the tournament. But I think if you come off a bad senior night loss and then you come off a first round exit, like at some point momentum matters just a little bit. And mm. it, I don't know what you can build confidence on unless Scott Drew is that good of a head coach and practice where he can build teams, like build them up a little bit. I understand they lost in the big 12 tournament when they, you know, won the national title game, but they also were a much more talented and much more defensive minded team and a little bit deeper, in my opinion, than what they have right now. Like, every time I see Caleb Bloner out there, I'm like, I bet Scott Drew even is like, I am counting the minutes until I'm putting this next guy in to take you out. Yeah. Also, Caleb Bloner looks exactly like the Statue of David by Mac Michelangelo. I don't know if people have talked about it, but he looks exactly like the Statue of David. Um, but, yeah. Which, I, I do think by the way, does not help you at all on the basketball court. No, but, like, I would just say, like, as a human, like, he's a – He's kind of a good-looking dude. I will give that. I'll give that up to Caleb. He's got the kind impact. Good-looking. He's got the impactor. I mean, like some people might just be like dazed into his beautiful eyes and like missed a three-pointer. So I hope that comes into play, but it hasn't yet. Uh, which just shows how tough the Big Twelve is that we just which, overlook the looks of Caleb Loner. It would go off the rim and then through Caleb Loner's hands and out of bounds. That's the problem. Yeah, I also don't know what his position is because he's not enough to be a small yes. forward, and he he's not uh, he's not big enough to be a center, and he also just I don't know what position he plays. I think he's just like centered, not centered, but he's like just a power forward and can only be that. And I think in this this modern age of basketball, that's a terrible place to be at. Just he's just a basketball position. player. He's just the basketball player. He's just he's just Caleb like Caleb Loner position basketball player. Basketball <laughs> yeah. player. He's kind of he's gonna stand there. I love that it's him and Jalen Bridges both on offense. It's all right, guys. When we get down the floor, I'm gonna just, just stand there. You just take your defender, you bring him to the corner, hang out for a while, and if you get the ball, shoot it. Yeah, it 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 has worked very well for most part of the year. But my God, there's just players in that depth that I don't necessarily like. And I've said my piece about Flo Thamba. I think people are tired of hearing about Flo Thamba. By the much. way, right. I've kind of gotten off of Flo Thamba because I just, I, you know, it is what it is at this point. By the way, Robbie, I found out the coaching staff clips clips from shows. Sometimes this show even, um, and uses those as in the locker room 
for motivation to teams. So I want you to just, if you want to go ahead and take a second here, just to say hello to everybody on the team. Um, I'm going to preface it by saying, Adam, look at Keontae. Keontae, look at Flo. Flo, look at Caleb. Everybody wave at each other. All right, Robbie, if you got anything else you want to say, because you've already given them probably a good minute and a half of content here. I mean, that's fine. Hey, guys, um, I, I love your guys' work, except for one person. It's Flo Thamba. Like, he, that person doesn't play with any real sense of hustle. He is a pawn. He doesn't do anything on offense. He doesn't necessarily get tip backs. Uh, sometimes on defense, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he's not someone that can score inside. He's really just like a player that, that eats up minutes, and I don't know basketball why he to do that. Without the basketball part. He's been, he's been there for so long, and he's started so many games and been in this championship level, you think by his last year of college basketball, he might be able to do some things that he couldn't in his first or second year. No, if he's doing the same things, probably even a little bit worse. So, sorry, Flotham, but if you're listening, take that as you will. <laughs> he is, by the way. He is. But it's pregame right now. Mm -hmm. Also, mm -hmm. like, I will credit the Baylor coaching staff because this was a story. We had Mark Vital on our show, I think, two days after they won the national title. And he he said something that got viral from our show, but he was like, "Yeah, the coaching staff told us that Gonzaga had bottles of champagne ready, and they were gonna pop them, and they were talking about it." And like, it comes out that that was just never the case. Like Gonzaga no. never had players do it, and it was just something the coaches said and made their team believe as like a form of motivation. Like that's crazy, and I love it from the coaches. But like, we asked Scott Drew. And he just laughed and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But like, we knew that he like orchestrated that whole thing. Yeah. Oh man. I I love it. That was also in a documentary about the the championship where they, they oh, said nice. that as if it was true. They, and they just left it there. I was like, ah, oh, uh, I think we thought we figured out that was wrong. <laughs> um, Robbie, for our last few minutes here, I want to take a look around. We actually spent more time on Baylor than I wanted to today. I want to get your thoughts on the rest of this, this field. I think you can kind of buy or sell on these. I think Iowa State is an Elite Eight team. I don't think Kansas makes it out of its region. Um, while I still do have a future bet for a national championship for them, I don't think they make it out of the region. I think UConn is my favorite there. I really like TCU without, without Eddie Lampkin. I like TCU. Um, West Virginia in at least round one and giving Alabama some fits. There are spots for Big 12. Teams. Texas is the only Big 12 team that I see getting bounced in the Sweet 16 or before. Uh, the rest of them, I think, have a case to, to make a good run here. How do you view this field? Uh, I'll start with Texas there because I think Texas has one of the best roads. And me personally, I have Texas winning the whole thing this year. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Because they are riding the momentum of the Big 12 tournament. And it wasn't like a team that won the Big 12 tournament that didn't like earn it. Like Iowa State a couple years ago or even Texas uh, during the year after the COVID year. And this team is just really damn good. Really balanced. You have awesome guard play with Marcus Carr, Sir Jabari Rice, and you have Tyrese Hunter, who's kind of getting it like at the right time, and he's a really good on-ball defender. You have a player like Dylan Dessou who can play big, and like in a, a a tournament setting where if you get matched with a big or a center, like they have people to throw at them, like Timmy Allen, Timmy Allen, Dylan Dessou, Christian Bishop. They have strong dudes, and they have the most punchable face in the whole world with Brock Cunningham, who is just like someone you can trust to get a stop, hit the corner three. You can put him out there and like trust. And then you have like a player like Arterio Morris, who is a freshman who's currently balling right now. So I think Texas has everything for every team 
I think they are just really damn good, really old, and they're coached right now by Rodney Terry, who's doing one hell of a job, enough where I think he earns it. And then we look at Kansas, and the Bill Self thing scares me. I know he will be back with the team, uh, but they have the hardest region out of yeah. anybody in the entire country, and I've talked about their slate and potentially playing Matt Meyer, who could just be on cocaine or Monster Energy now that he has his tolerance built. What's the difference? Yeah, what what is the? I've actually never had a monster like full way through. I'm not a big energy drink guy. You've only stick with cocaine. Yeah, that's that's just my advice. Uh, but that that's a really damn hard region. But the thing is, they have a player like Dewan Harris Jr., who is the best on-ball defender guard in the league and maybe in the entire country. You have the star in Jalen Wilson. You have Kevin McCuller, who can play the defense needed, and thankfully he's back from injury. You have a prime shooter like Grady Dick, and then you have K.J. Adams, and their bench is what I give the most qualm about. But they have trusted Joseph Yesifu to be that guard that you can have guarding bigger wings or bigger guards. And they have Ernest Uda Jr. who can come in for for K.J. Adams and be that big center that we know like Doka Azubuki. Uh, and then TCU in that region as well, team that I have facing Kansas in the Elite Eight, just because when TCU is at their best, they are unbelievable because you have amazing guard play from Damian Baugh and Mike Miles. You have all of these other wings, and if they face a team like Gonzaga with Drew Timmy, even though don't they don't have Eddie Lampkin, they have Xavier Cork, they have all these athletic, strong wing forwards that they can just throw at him. TCU is a team that I think is going to shock a lot of people in this tournament. I like, I like it. So the one team you you haven't touched on yet that I I maybe love more than any other Big Twelve team because their defense is Iowa State. I really do like TCU. Seems like they played. I don't want to say better without Eddie Lampkin, but just that whole situation being gone and like focus on March seems like they played a little more cohesive. All right, sweet. If that works for you, then okay. I don't have any comment on what's going on over there. I couldn't care less, but they're playing more cohesive. That's I see it. I pick it. TCU is going to make a little bit of a run. Iowa state though, that, that is my pick out of the big 12 to shock people to the point of an elite eight, at least. Yeah. The thing about Iowa state to me is defensively, they are so damn good. And if you have Gabe Kalsher shooting the way he's shooting, I mean, really damn good. You have bigs like Robert Jones or Oshai Oshuni, which I always pronounce wrong. Him and Jonathan Chamachachua are the two like names I always just butcher every single time. But the thing is, if they aren't having a good scoring night or if Gabe Kalsher has been playing how Gabe Kalsher has played a lot during this year, we're just like kind of non-existent. You don't have Caleb Grill in your back pocket to just shoot ridiculous three-pointers. You're trusting a freshman guard in Taman Lipsy, who has been a little turnover prone lately. You have Jaron Holmes, but I, I don't trust their scoring enough to be where you think they're going to be. I think they're going to make it past the first round. I, I don't know what it would be like if they play a Xavier. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't have them winning that game. But I think at their best, like Iowa State is really good. And I think their defense is really damn good. And I think they are going to maybe benefit from not playing in the Big 12, just like not playing that type of gauntlet. So you might be proving me wrong. The number one defensive team in shot quality has never made it. It's five years, so only five years, but has never um, not gone to the Sweet 16. They've always gone to at least the Sweet 16 really? and been in three of five national championships. 
Iowa State number one shot quality defense. The number one overall shot quality huh. team has won a national championship like three out of the last five years, which is insane to me too. Shot quality is onto something. Purdue is a number one my team. Bracket based on that. Uh, yeah. So I got a couple of minutes before the first tip off goes off. So thank you. I mean, there are some wild ones. No team has won it east of like Abilene or west of Abilene in 20 years or something crazy. There, have you seen all those? Uh, I have not. Guy. Really? Yeah. Like I'm no not. team east. Of, yep. No team west of Abilene. 100% of the national champions since 93 have made their conference semifinal, conference tournament semifinal. 100%. So I got all those teams listed right here. 100% of the national champions since 02. Top 40 offense in Ken Palm, top 22 defense. Kansas, UConn, Texas, Bama, Houston, Creighton, and UCLA fit the bill there. So I got money on those guys. Um, 97. Everybody's been east of Abilene, Texas since 1997. And 100% of the national champions, past five have been one seeds, 100% of the national champions since 04 were ranked in the top 12 in the week six AP poll. 100% of them. 100% of them the last 18 years. What a weird thing. Uh, but Bama's in there. Baylor's in there. Arkansas, Houston, Purdue, Virginia. I mean, stats don't care what you think. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll throw some stats back at you. Uh, so out of the last 33 national title teams, 31 of them were either a 1, 2, or 3 seed. Um, so congrats to Baylor, congrats to Kansas, congrats to Texas, congrats to Kansas State. Uh, but if we were to think, like, here's the thing, like, everyone says March Madness is full of Cinderella stories. Yes, that's true. You can have a St. Peter's make a real run and maybe surprise a team we didn't think, or you can have a George Mason in 06. You can have those. But, like, this tournament is really, like, those Cinderella stories do not win March Madness. They win some games. But by the time we reach the Elite Eight or the Final Four, like, those are gone. Um, so I cannot see uh, Iowa State being that, that outlier this year. I think what we saw from the Big 12, they have clear deficiencies. I do have them now beating Xavier because of that. But I would not have a team like Iowa State or TCU even making the Final Four at this point. Yeah. Also, right. so I'm the host now? What is this? You just you're making a great point. So I was like, all right, I kind of oh, wanted, I wanted that to be credited to me. Um, Robbie, hey. is there anything else you want to talk about? I was going to end the show like three minutes ago, and I haven't yet because we've had so much fun talking. Did I miss anything? Um, this is the best time of the year. I really enjoy just like sitting on my ass, oh, sitting on my butt, and just like watching these games and enjoying it uh, because I think so much of the sports media world, like we kind of like you kind of lose a little bit of fandom because you have to cover your team a little bit. I understand like you've done a really good job of staying a, like staying a Baylor fan, but also doing a good job professionally covering them. Uh, but now it's just a good time to just enjoy, let the stories just kind of magically happen. Um, even though I crapped all over the idea of a Cinderella story, like I'm looking at Kansas state. I look at Marquise Noel, he is five, eight, and he will just shoot three pointers whenever he wants. I could see him having a Jimmer for debt, like a Carson Edwards, maybe a Steph Curry at Davidson type of tournament, just because like that is a beautiful story. And if he can make some big shots, like I'm just imagining that story unfolding. Or let's say in my championship game, I have Marquette taking on Texas. Shaka wow. Smart taking on the school yeah. that kind of didn't believe in him. So I'm just looking forward to seeing all the stories 
come to life. That's where you and I can have fun talking about these stories and making them also feel alive. I think that's why we all love sports to get a little sentimental is because of these type of stories. So yeah, um, I love I love this time of the year. I wish I could be more optimistic about Baylor though. Sorry, where'd you go? The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. I got to cut it off there, though, because if you listen to it, apparently it's bad luck during March. One shining moment. I can go back now. It's such a good song. Yeah, and there's only one version of the Luther Vandross one, uh, but I get chills every time, like, after the championship and that happens. Mm -hmm. I remember during the Baylor one, I actually got chills because, like, that was the most I've been involved or, like, most I've, I've rooted for a team that wasn't my own team. I was really rooting hard for the Baylor Bears that year. That's huge. I'm going to go listen to that song. I don't care if it breaks it. We weren't going to win it anyway. I don't care if it breaks it. All right. Thanks, Robbie. If people want to find your stuff, they can find it at the Triano Kid. The Triano Kid on Twitter or at SiriusXM Big 12 Radio. If you can't find it, Don Watson will help you. This has been and always will be. Robbie, thanks for coming on the show today. I always have fun. It usually gets a little weird, but I have fun. Good man. Appreciate it. Locked on. Thanks for making your first move every single day. Taylor.